0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode one hundred and sixty five. I am back. I am your host, Evan. Gabe was lying to all of you fine folks last week. He is not the host of the show. And if he pulls that crap again, I will go to his house and beat him with a belt. But we do have Anthony Cabazes back, the conservative Latino, back to discuss male culture. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. How you been?
1: Doing good, man. We just just got new stay-at-home orders in California where you're not allowed to leave your house after 10 p.m.? And you're not allowed to leave your house to after 5 a.m. So I'm very excited to see how the Hunger Games uh, will unfold here in California and what our awesome ruler Newsom has in store for us.
0: Oh, God. I mean, we, we are on opposite coasts, but we are basically in the exact same situation, living under complete Democrat tyranny. It is it, – it's really – I never thought that we would get to this point. I really didn't. And it's just – It's so frustrating. And this nonsense now with uh, them trying to cancel Thanksgiving, you know, you can't have more than 10 people in your home at a time. Oh, now Anthony sideways is is absolutely ridiculous. And the New York New York sheriffs already said they will not enforce it. And that is the key. So before we really get into our topic, which is toxic masculinity or lack of masculinity, really, um, people really need to understand what is going on with these executive orders. The executive order is not a law um we forgot that mayors and governors are not kings they cannot just make laws so if no one enforces the executive order it essentially means nothing so if the sheriffs are not going to enforce this law which they can't because they cannot go into your home because it's not a crime it is a violation of an executive order so it's not a felony they can, they can't have oh someone called and said you have 12 people in your house it's not the way it works it's not a crime so if you want to have 15 people in your home have 15 people in your home Protect yourselves, protect your loved ones. That's all we can say. But people really need to understand that. And, we, you know, it's it's really time to push back against tyranny. But let's get into our topic for today because a lot has been going on on Twitter. We're taking a break from the election. Listen, I've had enough. A lot of people have had enough. We need to give it a break. This thing is not going to be resolved within the next 20 minutes. So we are going to have our own little break. As we all know, Candace Owens went after... Harry Styles, who I'm still not sure why Harry Styles is famous. Is he in One Direction? Is that is that the guy from One Okay. I have no well, idea. I thought, who... he was the, I
1: thought he was the prince. I thought he was... Is that, <laughs> I it, thought that, any, man, any I British
0: name. person named Harry is, is a prince? I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I couldn't care less what they do over there. You know, American Revolution that, happened and i not happened. caring about them. But she went after him because he wore some sort of gown in a magazine, which, again, I don't understand why the left celebrates things like that. But Candace Owens went on Twitter and said, bring back masculine men. And this started an entire just hailstorm of vitriol coming from the left. You know, we've seen this before, and I see it working in a school. The left loves to try to be like, oh, we're redefining what it means to be a man. You know, you shouldn't be taking it from the pop culture, right? It's like, well, you shouldn't be trusting celebrities to be your role models in the first place. But there is such thing as men and masculinity is a real thing and there is such thing as women and femininity and these are real things and they exist in society not because someone just made it up is because naturally men for the most part are a certain way we are naturally more aggressive we are naturally more impulsive we more naturally do stupid things like you know hold a plate out and let our friend shoot at it with a rifle which is why we don't live as long as women because we're men this is what we do and women are generally more generally more nurturing and you know, better at things like interior design and things like that because they're women. These things lend themselves to our general nature. But Anthony, I wanted to get your kind of—I want to get your input on why the left is pushing this—the fem- feminizing of men. It's like they—they they want everything to be. They want us to just be women. I don't. I really just don't get where they're going with that.
1: Well, I think that it all boils down to so. In order to pass this agenda, right? This agenda of, uh, you know, whether you want to call it globalism or you want to call it um, people just kind of standing up for the nation, their rights, their constitution, you need to start with the people that historically have stood for such things, and those are, are men, right? These toxic masculinity men and the traits that they carry, uh, this war set by mind, your war mindset that they have, in wanting to protect the the woman and the children right so in order to do that you need to feminize these men you need to break down what it means to be a man and so instead of saying like hey instead of being bold and fierce you know it's okay to put on a dress and say that you have emotions and cry and you know i mean it's basically just feminizing the man and, and making him realize like hey maybe you've had it wrong for so long. Maybe it's time to kind of be like women um, where you kind of are more nurturing, you're more sentimental, you're a lot more emotional because it's not good to be this man that thinks that he needs to protect society. There's nothing to protect it from. Those days are behind us. And so what I see is that, uh, you know, both in the media, through Hollywood, through the mainstream, you know, like magazines like that, they're trying to rebrand what it means to be a man because they can no longer have these men that stand up for what's right. They, they cannot have men that stand up and fight uh, for our communities, whether it be politically or it be out in the streets. We see a rising authoritarian left right now in the streets. And you have a lot of men who have just been, you know, hey, you need to be submissive. Don't fight these people. Just let it happen. And uh, we'll leave you alone,
2: which is not the case, of course. Gabe. Oh well, I mean, I think it's awesome that we are having this discussion on International Men's Day. So I thought that was every day, buddy. Oh well, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I go to college, so I go to college too, but graduate school. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Maybe you're just not as brainwashed as the rest of us. But uh, no, I mean. Well, what we find happening, uh, you know, adding on to what Anthony's saying, is that it's not only just the feminization, but it's also the nihilism. Like, your life has no meaning. You're not, no matter what you do, it just doesn't amount to anything. It kills all sorts of drive, I find. And when you have that, you do create a weaker society as a whole. And men, I find, have taken the front in society for thousands of years. Now you can go on, uh, you know, the debate and saying, "Well, it's because women were never given the opportunity to." Uh, but I mean, we're still we're still at a, at the place that we are because men were took that charge, and I don't think that men put women uh, as as a second tier uh, citizens or whatever uh, from the get go. I think there was a basic understanding uh, that there are just differences between, there are fundamental differences between men and women. And especially during, in in the beginning times of of humankind, of mankind, uh, you had women that were there to nurture, to gather while men went out to hunt and also acquired new land. And acquiring new land didn't just mean clearing out some brush, it meant killing people. You know, it, it meant protecting your home or protecting your tribe. So I'd say that we've now certainly evolved to where we're not, doing the same practices that barbarians have done but i at the same time we're also not nearly as competitive we're not nearly as strong in the sense of even self-assurance there's a lot of uh, men who are suffering from depression more men uh, commit suicide uh, on average than women so there's something happening here where it's not working out right for us and i don't think it's because it's like a toddler when you take away their toy it's like oh well now men can't rule the world I don't think it's like that. I just think that you're now being shamed for being who you are. And I feel like that's the entire culture that we've been seeing uh, in the 21st century as it stands right now is just be, feel bad for who you are. You had no control over it, but you can't assume the role that you know, you're know you biologically given. You have to be ashamed for that. You have to be apologetic for it. And it makes you, I think, less of a person.
0: Uh, and 100%, Gabe. And you said it from the start. It's, it goes back thousands of years. It's not this thing where men just put women down and that's why women are not you know world leaders and that's why women are not more aggressive naturally men are more aggressive Nat- naturally men are more competitive which is why you have the only people pushing this socialism communism stuff are these leftist soy boys you don't see any real man coming out and going yeah no com- socialism's good man I'm g- I'm down to just work my ass off and give away all my money no. We're naturally more competitive. We're naturally resistant to things like communism and socialism. That's why you see all it's, it's not masculinity. That's the issue. It's a lack of masculinity. We've seen it. It's kids growing up without fathers, boys and girls end up way worse off. They're way more likely to, to engage in risky behavior. They're way more likely to commit crimes, use drugs, abuse alcohol, all of these things, because we've removed masculinity from the table. These kids don't understand what it means to be a man. It's not that there's an issue with being a man. The issue is that there is no proper example. Why is it that all these men raised by women end up in prison? Is it because society's racist? Nope. It's because they do not have a strong role, male role model to set them on the right path and, and teach them what it means to be a man. I got very lucky. After my father passed away, my stepdad came in and he taught me the right way. He's like, listen, it is up to you. If stuff needs to get done, get it done. You need to make sure that you can provide, that you can protect, that you can handle stuff around here because you cannot count on anybody else. That is your role. You need to shut the driveway needs to get shoveled. Guess what? You need to do it. That's what we need to be teaching people. It's your responsibility. Is what creates masculinity. It's that aggressiveness, is that competitiveness, it's that drive to protect your family, to protect your loved ones. That's masculinity. Men who go around abandoning their kids or beating women, those aren't masculine men. Those are weak men.
2: I mean, you look at the numbers, and you find that we're now getting an upwards of, let me be clear here, 42% of solo parents are white, 28% are black. Um, So, I mean, this is just by Pew Research uh, social trends here. It's not Anything positive to, you know, it's, it's, it's one positive positive in one light to say, you know, I'm a strong, you know, you know, independent mother, I think, in saying that she's not just going to bring any man into the house and, and have the parent, uh, have another guy just, you know, take over that sort of family structure. But I think that there still needs to be a male there to help raise that child. And I'm not saying a boyfriend, I'm saying a husband. I think that there needs to be an emphasis on the nuclear family in this whole deconstruction of the nuclear family for decades we've seen higher incarceration rates of men you know you gotta have that strong hand in the in the in the uh, family dynamic that can at times really smack some sense into you i'm not advocating for any children getting beaten but i certainly do think that when you have a firmer hand uh that's really also, especially when it comes to men, that will teach you and guide you and say, "Listen, this is how you do things. This is how things has to be done. This is what it takes to actually, as Evan as you said, to have that responsibility." That's when your mind starts to get out of like you know, get out of the clouds, out of the head. It makes things more real for you. When I had uh, when I was working with with kids with some teens, uh, we had something called Boys and Girls Club. So we broke up the males and the females, and a lot of them, i well, sorry, well a certain a certain amount of them were actually single uh, had came from single parent households and they tend to be the most like trouble about who they were as guys, as young, as you know, young men, you know, as teenagers, they would say, well, you know, I, I act out because you know, and everyone tells me that I'm just so angry and I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like I'm in danger. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I happened to lose a video game. And I said, wait a second. So you potentially cursing out at your television for playing Fortnite and losing, is being seen as a toxic, horrible trait that you that no, people need there to be is protected. a problem
0: with that, Gabe.
2: The kids playing
0: Fortnite, okay? That's the right. first warning sign that there's something <laughs> wrong with this child. He's playing Fortnite, all right? So let's
2: not make people think it's okay to play Fortnite here. I'm not, a, I'm not <laughs> the biggest Fortnite guy, but uh, you know, I no, I, I went with that whole thing in mind, saying, like, listen, it's okay to feel emotion, you shouldn't just reject emotion, it's not healthy. Uh, you shouldn't just go with, you know, feeling these strong emotions. I'm not saying to cry all the time, but what I'm saying is, listen, if you feel frustrated, you know, at your age, it's okay to feel it, but find a way to control it. Find a way to manage that. And I talked to her and say, listen, take a deep breath. Understand that it is just a game. But if you have people that are constantly talking, smacking your ear, and then, you know, you lost because you lost and you had so much of, you know, of yourself into it because you're, you're relaxing from a long day at school, then that's just what happens. But don't let it be a constant. Don't let it escalate. And in talking to them like that in a one-on-one and it's, you know, cause their, their moms would tell them, but they would, you know, I guess more from a parenting, like yelling perspective would just be like this. I'm just, I'm just a, a screw up. And I'd be like, no, it's okay. But you gotta have someone that's there to really like guide them.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred. Definitely. Definitely Gabe. And when I, whenever I would go through stuff when I was in high, when I was, A teenager, there was, there was, my mom would always be like, Oh, you want to talk about this? Let's talk about this. And I never wanted to talk to her. Never wanted to talk to her. The second that my stepdad would try to talk to me, I'd be like, I'd be so much more receptive. There is that difference. There is a difference between men and women. And this lie that the left pushes that there isn't is harmful to young men because you're pushing this thing where it's like, No, no, you're the same. It's all the world the same. We're not the same. There's a reason why men are more into sports. There's a reason why men are it, – it's just we're different. It, we're not the same, and this lie is damaging to young men.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if either of you have children. I, I have three myself. Um, and exactly what you were talking about earlier, Gabe, is, is the importance of the father presence at home. And, but it also, what you guys were talking about was, I, I think that we also have a lot of reflecting to do as male leaders in society in that, you know, being a Hispanic man myself, I always remember it being kind of like a joke growing up that as me- you know, Mexican men are very chauvinist. They're very uh, machistas. You know, that if they wanted to have girlfriends on the side, they were allowed to, even if they were, um, you know, married. Uh, it, it was okay. And it was, they kind of got a pass if they were drunks and they beat their wives. My grandfather uh, in Mexico, uh, he was, you know, notoriously a, a, a drinker. He, he drank a lot. And I know for a fact that he used to beat my grandmother and my, um, uh, my mother and, and all brothers and sisters and stuff. And so I think there's definitely a fine line. And I think this is where maybe there needs to be, have like more conversations of what it means to be a male leader today in 2020 coming from people like us and our experience, because I, I you know, I'm one of those people where, um, you know, I have a 13 year old boy and I have an 11 year 11 year old girl and I always teach them to respect each other. I always do- reinforce my son that you know hey as a male you're you're a natural leader you need to be respectful you need to do this but then whenever I tell him that and he wants to kind of make fun of his sister sometimes I equally teach him like dude just because I told you that you're a natural leader and that one day you will lead your house doesn't give you the right to treat your little sister like 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 any less you will respect her as a woman because she has equal importance in the family, you know, I'm I'm telling you what your roles are. I am telling you what is expected of you when I'm not home or what will be expected of you when you're 16, 17, 18 to get a job, etc. etc. But it doesn't give you the right or give you a pass to treat a woman any less. And I kind of see this trending a lot on like the, the right wing Zoomer crowd, you know, where they're like, you know, we need to you know, the woman belongs in the kitchen, and this is that. And I'm, I'm literally talking to like 14, 15 year old kids that have probably never had a girlfriend. And that's what they're already thinking. They're thinking that in order to join in on that Zoomer, like, you know, trad cat, Kroiper, you know what I mean? Like, very traditional Catholic, or whatever. The only sims get married, right? <laughs> like that's what they really think, and I'm like, man, like I, it's it's funny, I guess, in your circle, but I really pray for these people that they don't really think that that's how they're going to acquire a strong female, and be able to keep that. I've been happily married for close to 15 years now. You know, it's funny hearing 14, 15 year old boys tell me what what they expect in a relationship to be successful. And it's like, dude, take it from me, man. I've made a lot of mistakes. I realize now, and one of the things, again, it comes from that kind of um, uh, that male mentality, especially in the Latin culture where it's like you put your foot down, no one gets to doubt you, you're the head of the household, Uh, you can get away with just about everything. No, like we were talking about disciplining kids. I've disciplined my kids. But it's to the point now where I can't remember the last time I had to discipline them, you know, with a spank or something like that, because I understand that as they're growing, and this is something for all parents, you know, as they're growing, is you need to learn how to talk to your children, not thinking that you're just far superior and that answers like, well, because I said so, well, because I'm that. That's the way it's going to go. I realized that when I moved away from that, from the whole, well, because, just because I said, that's why, that's why. That when I move from that to actually explaining why, like breaking it down, I might take another minute or two for you to explain it, but the entire attitude changes. One one quick example. My daughter sees all her friends dyeing their hair and they got like their shaved heads and they got like all these nice little things. My daughter's 11 years old, okay? She comes to me and says, I want to be able to dye my hair like my friends dye my hair. And, of course, one of the typical spiels that most people say, like, oh, so if your friends jump off a cliff, you're going to jump off a cliff? Like, get out of here. get out, Go go to your room, you know? So then I broke it down to her, and I'm like, look, there will come a time where you can decide if you want to dye your hair or not. But this is the way you should be thinking. Just because you see other people do it doesn't mean that you should want to do it just because they're doing it. This is what hair dye does to your hair. It damages it long-term. There's people that have thinning hair when they're older because once you dye it, people want to continue to dye it over and over and over again. And I showed her pictures of long-term effects of people that dye their hair. And I told her, you know, look, you're my daughter. You're 11 years old. I love you. I want you to be so strong that and, and so individualistic and strong-minded that whenever you see a trend in your friends – you can think to yourself, is this something I want to do because it's trending or is this something that I really genuinely want to do? And when I explained it like that, she literally hugged me and she said, thank you for saying that. And I'm like, do you still want to dye your hair? And she's like, no, like, look at the way I leave her hair. You know, and I'm like, Dude, like it, it, you know, again, it might take a two or three minutes, but you're doing two things. You're treating them like a human being, not just like your child, Okay, and this goes for any father, daughter, any father, son. Um, So you're treating them like a human being. You're 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 actually respecting them. You're respecting their intellect. You're respecting that. Hey, you're turning into a young adult and you need to understand the why. And the second thing you're doing is you're bonding because you're giving them that good response and you're making it seem like, hey, I'm going to take the time because you're worth it. You're worth, especially if this is my own child, you are worth the extra two or three minutes to explain why I would rather you not do this. And then I asked her afterward, you know, hey, uh, do you still want to do it? And she's like, oh, no, like not at all. And like to this day, she hasn't asked me again. You know, she's almost going to be 12 here, actually like two weeks. Um, But to this day, she hasn't asked me to shave her head again or do anything that her friends are doing because every single time we have this conversation, that's how I break it down to her.
0: Mm. Exactly what you did though, if it, it those are the qualities of a good leader. So it's not just do what I say because I'm saying it. And that's how we get these teens who just rebel against their parents all the time because it's no, you right. can't do this because I say so. Well, at 14, I'm like, well, then F you, I'm gonna go do it anyway. But if you explain it to me, like, listen, these are the like if you told your kid you can't drive, you know, you can't drive a car when you're drunk, why? Because I said so. No. It's because you're more likely to kill yourself. You're more likely to kill somebody else. And this will ruin your entire life. Okay. I get that. It's about setting the example. And you're right. It is about respect. But, and then it becomes, it goes both ways. So it's not just you're respecting them. Now they're going to respect you because you're giving them a real answer. You're still putting your foot down. You're still leading, but you are giving them a real answer. And you're creating that respect instead of just demanding it. Because when you just demand it, that can backfire if you create it and kind of push for it at the same time. You are now kind of pushing them in that direction. I did the same thing with the kids that I work with because they all have oppositional defiant disorder. So, the first time you say sit down, they're going to stand up. If you say you can't go to the bathroom, they're going to start complaining for an hour and a half that they have to go to the bathroom. That's just the way they work. But when I stop and I explain it to them, I go, listen. This is why we need to do this. This is why we're preparing you. Because the second you walk out those doors, no one here cares if you have a disability. You, you, When you're at work, they want you to do your job. And I explain it to them, and they get it. And that's when they respect you, and that's when they listen to you. And it's the same thing when it comes to kids, especially at that age group. 11 years old, all they, they just want to do whatever the hell they want. But they yeah. are coming at that point where they feel like they're more adult because, obviously, they're going through puberty. So they want to be treated with some respect. And when you give them that respect, you get the respect back. And it's leadership. That's what leadership is. Leadership isn't. And and, and the thing is,
1: sorry to cut you off, but the
0: thing is, I've actually,
1: we've actually always implemented this with all three of our children. And so like my oldest son, he's highly gifted. My daughter won like first place in the math league in her club for like the entire county where we live in. And then my little boy, he's also pretty, pretty gifted. They've already said that he's pretty ahead of his time and stuff. But one that I've done is we've always treated them like individuals and we've never really babied them. And what I mean by that is, of course, you have your classic like, oh, just let them cry. Don't pick them up. But what I mean by that is whenever we talk to them, we talk to them as if they were young adults. So I'll never forget. This was when like my oldest son, he's 13 now, but when he was like eight or nine years old, when we talked to him, we addressed him by his name, and we talked to him like a normal human being. And I'll never forget when, when, like, every single time uh, family would come over, I remember we had, like, a family, like, I think family was visiting us from Florida here in California. And uh, when they saw my son, they hadn't seen him for a while. So they kind of, like, stooped down to his level, and they're like, hey, little buddy, like, we haven't seen you for so long. Like, you're just the cutest, this isn't that. And my son looked at me and he's like, Dad, why are they talking to me like that? You know, like, <laughs> why, are, why are they talking to me like if I was this little buddy? Like, my name is Hector, you know? And, 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 I mean, people would always say, like, dude, your son is so well-spoken. Like, he speaks like an adult. And that's because that's the way we've always done it. I mean, I don't know the psychological side of things. You know, of course, when you hold a baby, you talk baby with them, you know, and you're you get high pitched voice and stuff like that, but what we've tried to do, and again, it's nothing that we like said. Oh no, we're gonna, we're never gonna do that. It's just, it just came naturally. We're like, dude, let's just always talk to them, like you know, my four year old. He says a lot of cute words, you know, uh, like instead of saying "manali," he says "dakawingo" "barakali." You know, like he just says it like really weird. And I just always correct it. And there's a lot of people that say, like, oh, of course, little buddy, we can play monopoly," you know, and then laugh at it. But he doesn't understand because he's like, Why are they laughing at me? You know? Uh mm-hmm. so I just correct them every single time. And like you said, I think that those are like the early signs of like, look, man, uh, I know the way society usually does it, and and but this is the way we're gonna do it, and it seems to work. And I think the topic about, you know, masculinity and stuff like that, I, I think it's it starts with that. It starts with you as a man having children and doing right by your children. That's how real masculinity, that's how real leaders are shaped. I, I know a lot of people kind of jump online and want to talk about these topics and, and we just want to say, well, the solution is this, but then you turn around and, and you know you're you're abusive to your children, you're abusive to your wife. You know, you're a shit husband or whatever, you know, pardon my language, um, then nothing's ever going to happen. And I tell people sometimes, because people sometimes say, like, man, like, how do we fight back? You know, like, how do we look at society? They, men wearing dress, men wearing dress, all that stuff. How can I fight back? And I'm like, by you, stop, by you, by you need to stop thinking that change is going to happen on a mass scale. What people are at want is they want to, like, one single message and then boom tomorrow everything will change but what's happening today is decades in the work decades mm-hmm. of propaganda of feminization of radicalism of indoctrination at school that's what people don't understand and i always tell people the start the the change starts with you at home with your children and your wife that is i mean dude that's something that no one has control of except you at home and that's where it starts. It starts by you teaching your children, and eventually they grow up to be leaders. And I mean, it, I mean, you're just
2: planting seeds everywhere, man, you know? Well, I feel like, Anthony, you bring up a, a very good point where you're talking about the psychology aspect of what it is to actually speak to your children in a manner that isn't necessarily so coddling or so baby or like – I would say even, quote, like, dumbing yourself down a little bit to what you would consider their level to be, almost like insulting their intelligence and just be like, you know, I say this because it's so. What you're doing is you're teaching effective communication. You're teaching critical thinking, and you're teaching them to actually be able to express themselves, be sure of themselves, and be able to take criticism on their ideas Mm -hmm. from a young age. And that's where when they interact with people that are older, like, wow, he knows he or she knows what they want. And that's important because especially for, I'd say for guys too, and this is, you know, the, the idea and the theme of masculinity comes in. When guys start up, you know, with puberty, because, you know, we uh, we go through puberty uh, typically later than women do, uh, than girls do. Uh, at that time, we're like, kind of like, we're starting to notice things a lot more. We're like, oh, wow, like girls have already been in the game for like, you know, years at this point. And guys like, oh, is this what's happening? <laughs> and yeah. what happens is, is that the guys will naturally, <laughs> in our nature... You know, we'll try and just like, you know, test the limits a little bit. We'll test like how strong we are, how like how how smart we are. And I think it's better to try and test that respectfully within the home mm-hmm. before you test that with other people. Because other people can take that, turn into something else, manipulate you, do, make you do things that you didn't think that were yours. And they'll influence you to not only take you away from your family, but they'll influence you to make wrong decisions. And they'll use you. And I feel like it's so important to have that like little contention and just be like, you know, find, find positive outlets to actually be like, all right, these are your limits. Don't fight with me. How about we, you know, you know go out hunting together. We'll go out, um, you know, to the range together. We'll, we'll test your limits that way so you're sure of who you are as a person. And I'm, gonna, I'm there to help guide you because I was there. And I think that's so important that we're able to do and bring to the table. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't have uh, any kids of my own. But, Thank God, oh, oh, sorry, me. my <laughs>
0: mic.
1: Not muted. Oh, sorry,
2: you said the, when I was you said
1: the inside thing out loud.
2: <laughs> oh, I, did, I pulled a Biden, damn it! <laughs> you and your Mandalorian coffee mug, whatever the hell that is.
0: No, it's an Anarchy Tattoo Studios coffee mug, which I was given by Mike, the owner. And this is my Mandalorian bobblehead with the little baby Yoda who he protects as a masculine role model, <laughs> toxic man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no toxic.
0: Disintegrating Jawas.
2: Yeah. But when I, was, um, when I was working with even the, uh, the younger group of kids, I was very stern with them. But I wasn't stern with them. And these were like second to fourth graders. But I wasn't like, um, you know, I wasn't stern with them in the sense that I was just treating them like, you know, just overly babying them. But I'd be like, they'd be like, Mr. G, Mr. G, like, you know, what's this or what's that? And they'd be very you know, hyperactive. And I'd just be like, hey, bud, like, why are you doing this? Do you think that this is right? Like everyone's doing homework right now. Do you think that it's right that you're just, you know, bothering them? Like, listen, if you don't want to do your own homework and you want to get, you know, talked to by your parents afterwards, that's your you know, decision. But if these kids want to do, you know, do their work now and have fun later, you know, do you think that's fair to them? And then it'd be, it'd be like, maybe I should just sit down and do my homework. Instead of just like the sit down, sit down, sit down, you know, like, or, or stop talking, stop um you know, just that like stop and pause. I mean, I I get it sometimes when you have to, when you're in that situation and listen, I, we were outnumbered. My, my assistant teacher and I was like two to, I think like 26, like 30 at some points. So there was certainly a way to actually like, you know, try and, you know, at that point it's kind of like, you got to be like quick, like, all right, just sit down, you know, no talking and then be that certain. And then afterwards I'd always be like, listen, all right guys, we gotta, we gotta have a conversation. What you're doing is wrong and this is why. And, I love the fact that I was able to be stern with them. And afterwards, I, literally, after the school year is over, I was walking uh, in the neighborhood. And a kid like, ran out of a nail salon store, chased me down the street, and gave me a hug. He's like, I missed you so much. How's everything? I was like, you know what? My methods worked. It worked. And he still carried on the teachings uh, that I told him about when I was his teacher. So I think it's so important that we continue to take in that mantle. Uh, because if not, then we don't know what you know what the hell is going to happen in the future. Uh, because while we're becoming softer, other countries are still embracing their traditional values to some way or another, or they're making sure that they're producing people that have no problems uh, doing uh, their country's dirty work for them. But Gabe,
0: you, like you mentioned, it in education we've had a big problem, and again, this is like Anthony said, this is decades, decades in the making. Is that? Exactly. We have so many young men who, one, grow up without fathers, two, go to school, and who are the majority of educators? Women. And I've seen it in my school, and I've seen it in other schools, because when I was a sub, I was going around to a bunch of different schools. A lot of these young men will not respond well to female educators. They do not respond well to them when they're trying to discipline them. They do not respond well to them just when they're trying to educate them. They crave male attention because they do not have that male role model, and they respond better to masculine men. Because I've seen it with men who are not masculine, and they get run over by these kids, by kindergartners, by first graders. These kids will run wild all over these guys because they don't respond to that. It's something innate in our nature that we're not supposed to be that way, and even little kids can sense that. And the key is, we, like Anthony said, like we've been saying this whole time, we have to set the example. And again, the women will go, "Well, ma- toxic masculinity is the cause of rape culture." Yeah, you're right. You know what toxic masculinity is? It's the again the lack of masculinity. It's these men who can't be. Oh, I can't be told no. That means that I'm I'm not a, I'm not a person. Like that hurts me so bad to be told no. That I just have to go and have sex with this woman because a real man, if he gets rejected, goes, "You know what? I'll find another one." That's what a real man does, okay? These little weak men who feel like they have to drug women and rape them to have sex with them because they can't be told no—those are not men. Those are that's not masculinity. Those
1: are the ones that we go after. Like mm-hmm. real men go after those men. Like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you date rape? Like, I mean, we don't look at Harvey Weinstein and go, "Wow, what a hero." We're like, <laughs> dude, hang this guy immediately. Yep. For taking advantage of women, Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, if it were right, I mean, exactly what you're saying is correct. If this is what uh, uh, toxic masculinity was, and we embraced it on the right side, you know, conservatives, Republicans, whatever, we wouldn't be. Uh, we would be cheering the Harvey Weinstein's and the Jeffrey Epsteins. Are like, yes, like hell yeah. These guys just took whatever they wanted for themselves. Like real men. Ha ha ha. Like no, that's not what we're about at all. And we're the ones that, in almost all cases, we want harsher punishments for these guys. You know, we're the ones out there saying, like, dude, complete castration for pedophiles. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. it, that, that's true. I mean, you know, and these are the people that are saying, like, well, you, you Republicans are, like, toxic men. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We want harsher penalties for the men that you're thinking about. You know, and I, and I think that the, something that you touched on is very light in, in the sense that there's something inside of boys. There's something inside of men that I feel that, yes, they will only respond to another authority figure. And, of course, a mom is a male uh, is a authority figure. Absolutely. Because when my kids either respond back and, and I see it, I see it in my son. He feels a little bit more emboldened, especially now because he's taller than my wife. You know, sometimes she says something. And he kind of questions it. He's like, well, why? Why do I have to go to sleep so early if I don't go to school tomorrow? Well, why? And I have to come out there and just looking at him. He's like, all right, sorry, mom. You know, like, but it's like, it's something in him. And it's not that he's a bad kid. Like, dude, my wife will tell you he's he never curses. He never lashes back. He's very smart. He's never missed assignments. I mean, for the overwhelming part we have amazing kids bro you know and and it's not like to to brag or anything but it's just like dude we're very blessed because we know a lot of kids out there you know but uh, a quick point that I wanted to make was so for a while we were kind of co-fostering one of my nephews that has autism and my my mom which is his his great-grandmother my little nephew um, was the one kind of most taking care of him and he just came over because we finally gave up, like, the rights to my nephew with autism, to my sister, who is now, like, a full-time legal uh, parent. Um, she'll come over sometimes. And I see that, like, I mean, you know, he – he, yeah, a poor, poor kid, you know what I mean? He can't go to school. He doesn't have friends. He's locked down. You know, he's got autism. I feel really, you know, bad for his situation. So on top of that, of that, he doesn't have his real mom. He doesn't have his real dad. So he acts out, you know, a lot. And so I noticed, like, I think it was like two days ago, they came over, and my sister was trying to tell him to do something. And he's, like, yelling back at her. I think he's, I think he's like, seven years old, I believe. Um, and he's, like, yelling back, like, no, no. And then all I said was his name. I was like, Damien. And it was just complete silence. And I don't know. I, in my head, I was just thinking to myself, I don't know if, like, it's, like, literally the decibels – in my voice, that deep, you know what I mean? Like, Damien, like, you will, like, dude, or it's the same thing with there. dogs. You know
0: what I mean? They say when you're training a dog, you have to deepen your voice. So, like, my mom has a new dog, and she'll always be like, Morty, and I'm like, I'd speak in my normal voice, and the dog just like stops. It's like,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if we did the research, there's definitely something there with that because. I mean, it's just like this. It can be my mom, it can be my sister. They're trying to talk to him. You know, the moment I say something or if I look in my son's direction or I look at my daughter's you know, direction and I just look at them, like something changes. Like there's something there, man. You know, that human mm-hmm. interaction where they see a male figure and they're like, okay, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I retract what I said. Please, you know, like spare me father, you know? <laughs> It's just, I mean, dude, it's just one of those things. But again, I'm not there, you know, there's times where, um, you know, my wife is disciplining them and I don't interfere because I need mm. to let them know, like, you're going to equally respect your mother. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So again, it's not one of those things where like, uh, my wife, she never says like, wait till your dad gets home and then you'll see what happens. She doesn't just let them like, oh, do whatever you want, but wait till your dad gets home. Like, we don't ever do that because I tell them like, dude, if she ever tells you, Wait till your dad gets home. It's going to go really bad for you once dad gets home. Because that means that in your mind, you think everything you can, you can do whatever you want so long as dad's at home. But the minute dad's home, that's when you have to act right. And they know better than that. They absolutely know better than that.
0: Right. But there there is something to that though, because my fiance says the same thing. Like she was like, yeah, you know, I respected my mom and I tried to like toe the line, but I knew that if I got in trouble with my dad, it was not going to go well for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. No, I hear you. And I mean, I think it's common, right? I think so. I mean, I got it when I was a kid, you know, like, oh, wait till you're, you know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have a dad growing up, so it'd always be like my uncle. He you was know, like, oh, wait till your uncle gets home from work, you know, I'm going to call him over. And i like, oh, man, like, please, no,
0: you know, <laughs> please,
1: you know. Um, or like there was a period of my time in my, in my teenage years where, where I had a stepfather for a while, um and it kind of be like that and, and i think that it's i think that that's one of those things where we can kind of maybe work on that you know where it shouldn't be like that it shouldn't be where kids are disrespectful to the mother because i mean i'll be honest man like the, the way i see my wife i mean dude she's my queen she's the person that helped me build my kingdom like i i honestly just see my marriage and my household and my children as my kingdom i i consider myself a king this is my queen these are my princes and my princess, you know, and I, I really do like see them like that in that old mentality where like I got to defend them. I got to treat them right. I got to be honorable by my by my wife. I mean, I have the utmost respect for my wife giving me three children, man. You know, like, that, again, that that needs to be something that's talked about a lot more. Like I, I mean, it, it just having that conversation as men in, t- in modern day today, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts. I'm sure there's pastors that have these sit downs with like dads and how to be a better dad. And this is and that, you know, but not everyone is, is either Christian or tuned into those people. And right. so it just needs to be a lot more mainstream, a lot more mainstream sitting down and talking about how to be a better father, how to be a better uh, uh, um, husband and just how to be a better man in general, because I, I mean, I'll never forget. I went to the Million Maga March on Saturday um, in D.C. And I remember, like, hearing people in my lobby because Antifa and Black Lives Matter was going around and they're pummeling people and they're, going, they're trying to get inside of hotels. And I'll never forget, I'm watching, like, these young guys, my age or, or younger, and they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, man, if I was out there, oh, man, like, oh, man, if these guys ever try to get to me and this is that – And the next thing you know, they're right in front of our hotel. And these people are like running up to their hotel rooms or they're running to safety and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself like, dude, there's apparently there was like half a million of us. Some sources are saying even upwards of a million of us. And I'm like, and you have a hundred Antifa and Black Lives that are storming the streets, pummeling families. Like, where are people? Where is our side? I'm sure there was a lot of people in, in that rally That they hop online and they're like, "Oh, this better never happen where I live," because blah 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 blah. I'm like, "Okay, but now you're here, so what's gonna happen?" And so you know, the Proud Boys were out there, um, and a group of Patriots. I mean, it wasn't the Proud Boys; it was Patriots. I went out there, and I was—I remember when I went to the lobby, uh, I was telling all these guys, you know, these these like tough guys, talking to the women, like, "Oh, I wish they would come in here." And I'm like, "Yo, you wanna go with me? I'm gonna go out there." I'm going to go out there and I'm going to join the group of patriots that's walking around the streets protecting because D.C. police wasn't really doing their job that day. Uh, And we're like, so then are you going to go out there with me? Oh, no, no, not me. Like, no, no, no. I'm just going to chill here. And this is not. And so that's why when Gabriel told me about today's topic, I'm like, I mean, this is what I think. So in times of war, not everyone went to war, right? Not every man answered the call. I'm sure you had those skeptics that said, yeah, but they're like 30 miles away. Why don't we just wait till they get here? Or this is, you know, if if like an army was getting together, and they're like, yo, we need every fighting man. And they're like, well, no, because, you know, they're not really here. I don't think they're really like here to invade. So the war is happening, whether people have to admit it or not. There's, There's a civil war happening right now. There's a psychological war. Uh, there's a culture war happening right now. And what's sad is that a lot of people are just on the sidelines. They're talking about it. They're angry about it. They're complaining about it. But it's like, what are we doing? So it's like the Proud Boys and the group of Patriots on that day, Saturday, they decided, dude, we've had enough. We've watched mm-hmm. enough video of elderly and children being beat up, being pushed, shoved, and Patriots just had enough. And right. to me, it was just kind of sad that there wasn't enough of us
2: out there mm-hmm. in the streets. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, how did we get here? No, definitely. I mean, it's important to to what you said about your seeing your, your home as your kingdom, because that's what it that's what it really should be. And it should really that because you're taking pride in what it is that you cultivate. You're taking pride in your family. And when it comes to, I'd say, like, you know, weak men, I don't think that you're any more of a, quote, man than me because you happen to sleep with more women or you happen to have some sort of crazy sexual experience that I didn't, you know, that I didn't have. Remember, I was talking mm-hmm. to some of my friends and I was, I was in like, I was in high school and there was like some girl that I was talking to and she was like, oh, you want to have a threesome with me and my friend? And I said, no, thanks. I, I, that's not really about, not really about that life. I don't really want that. And they were like, look at you, Gabriel. Gabriel oh, a man of God. <laughs>
0: you are uh, strong old mate. That or she was not attractive. <laughs> wow, well, thank
2: friend. you. <laughs> you see, Evan, this is why you hide your face behind the microphone half the time, because you know not want to see that mug. I'm but a anyways. now. It doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. I can look at oh, it. yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. You can let yourself go now. Uh, but, um, no, I just said, like, you know, it doesn't really – that's not my thing. And – all the guys are like, yeah, well, if I were with her, I would have done this and that. I was like, yeah, well, you weren't in this situation. But how does that make you any more of a man? And they're like, uh, well, uh. I was like, no, because you're conditioned to think that. You're conditioned to think that that's what, make, what makes you cool. I mean, sure, locker room talk is a thing. But if that's the only thing you bring of value to anything, to a conversation or in a relationship, is that re- are, like how, how worth it are you? Is that if that's your defining feature? If if that's your most momentous uh, thing to to have done, and I also think it's really about uh, you know respect. I think that we've cheapened uh, the the idea of what it means to be with somebody in a relationship, to be with somebody in a physical aspect, where it's now just like, all right, whatever. And there are consequences to our actions. I'm not even talking about STDs. I'm talking about you know having a kid. Like that's not something
0: that even just should be taken lightly. My hookup culture has destroyed young people because you learn to bit you're like, you're either going to bury your feelings because you think it's like, oh, like all these young women are like, oh, I'm a slut and proud. It's like, well, you're burying feelings. You are because there is an emotional attachment. There always is. There is. That's what the way that's what it is. Sex is an emotional attachment to somebody else whether or not you want to believe that or whether or not you want to conform to this like new wave feminism nonsense. But it, again, it becomes this, what the culture is. Look at the culture models in, in that these young men are getting right. If you look at the, look at, look at rap look at rap music. It's oh, oh I'm going to bang like 50 women, right? Oh, all these hoes, all these hoes, right? Oh, look at, look at what the music that's coming out. Freaking WAP. It's all, it's, it's slut culture on both sides and it's ruining young people, and it's creating no respect for anybody. It's creating no respect for society, for culture, for anything that's been going on that has made us a bonded civilization. And it, it's they're just doing this on purpose to break those bonds. Because the only way you can institute your new world order, whatever you want to call it, communism, communism globalism, socialism, it's all the same endgame. And you know the soy Soy Boys will comment on us, going, "You don't even know what communism is." No, no, we know what communism is. You don't understand how communism is implemented, dumbass. But you this, is, this to- is how I know.
1: This is how <laughs> I know what communism is, my friend. I actually study up on these things. I will buy. I, I can't be one of those guys that just says, "Oh, I just I read about you know I heard about it on a meme or something." Like I actually, you know this is the thing that people need to understand about conservatives. We will buy the communist manifesto so we can actually read up on it and understand what it's saying, but getting to your point, you're absolutely a hundred percent right in that this new dating culture today is extremely, um, I mean, it's destroying what being in a relationship is. I actually just had, uh, recently, maybe like two weeks ago or less, I, I have a really good friend of mine. She's really, really sweet. She's in New Mexico. I, and I'll be very honest, and, and I speak freely because my, I know my wife trusts me and everything, but she's an extremely attractive young woman. Something, so, some, something that I would be like, man, like whoever ends up with this woman, great. She's a Christian woman, she's a very good looking girl. She's young, she's ambitious, she's Republican, conservative. You know, and, and, you know, she was kind of like uh, telling like a group of friends about how um, she was seeing this guy and he kind of like uh, dropped off the map and uh, turns out that he's on Tinder again and this is that. And immediately I'm like, dude, Tinder, of course. Cause I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, in my mind, you know, just pre social media and Tinder and dating apps, I think to myself, Like, just to use for an example, my wife, there wasn't, it was something that you as a man, you had to go out and find, you had to cultivate, you had to nurture that relationship because it wasn't as easy as just swiping right or swiping left. And so I look at my friend and she's, you know, she's very distraught because she's, she was very dedicated to this young, to this young guy. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what moron in what world would just leave someone like my friend, when I know the type of person she is. And, but that it's instant gratification. Instant gratification, exactly. Because they know that they can just go back on and there's an entire thing at their hands for someone as equally or better looking than this person. So that, I mean, it's destroying
0: relationships, man. You know, like, the, it, this is it, not I, it. I, I got I to interject. I met my fiance on Tinder. So it's not a 100%. Big. No, I understand.
1: I it's understand.
2: with I understand. Right. Yes, I
1: understand. And I think
0: that,
1: extent. well, not just intent, but I also think that it goes with the type of people that are on there. Obviously, you're going to have people on there that are actually like, hey, like, I'm actually here to find a good relationship. Hopefully, I can meet the person. But I would say and I would argue and I, I care to wager that an overwhelming amount of people on Tinder are just there for the instant gratification and hookup culture.
0: Oh, probably. You know, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, dude, I'm not even kidding you. When I was in school about a year ago or a year and a half ago, I had a married woman admit to me that she goes on Tinder dates for free meals and her husband's OK with it.
0: There's a, there's a, there's a four letter word for a guy
1: like that. I'm not even kidding, bro. I not. she openly admitted. She even told me that there were times where she would order tw- double and take the other meal home to her husband. Damn. As that God and my so witness, I'm not I
0: mean isn't that crazy? That's insane. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Well, Man, I feel
2: dude. like I feel like we gotta do another episode on this topic specifically, and really get into now because I feel like we talked a lot about what it means to be a good parent and what it means to be a good father figure, and I think that's important. But there's also the other aspect of it where I think that we need to really step up and talk about the um, how, like hookup culture, as well as you know, like how media is really influencing this. You know, I, and I want to have like more of us. Like I know that status gym status definitely has something. I don't know if you guys know uh, Cash uh, Cash First, the Libertarian. He has an interesting theory that like monogamy. Is, what like, happened the to of him? Man. I think he got deleted. Actually, I on, think he uh,
1: did. Socials. I haven't seen him for a while. I I, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit annoying for me, but I still have mad respect for the guy. He, still he doesn't have, have he my two
0: ways of getting back on Instagram. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> <laughs> I basically just annoyed Instagram until they allowed me back on. That's essentially what I did. I sent them three thousand emails. Wow.
2: Well. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to do this some other time again as well, because I know we're running. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely
0: have to do a follow up episode, but we are up against the clock. So this is where we will stop for today. Anthony, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you could remind the folks where they can find you on the Internet.
1: Uh, yeah. So I'm currently banned from Twitter because, of course, communism. But uh, <laughs> I am on Parler At conservative Latino. I'm on Instagram at conservative.latino. And then I'm also
0: on Facebook at conservative Latino. So that's where I'm at right now. All
2: right, Gabe, give your 3,000 handles before the time runs out. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram at baron.montalvo. That's B-I-R-O-N. Montalvo's on the screen. Also on Twitter, baron underscore Montalvo. If you type in uh, my name, Gabriel E. Montalvo, on the pages section of the Facebook uh, search engine or search bar I'll come up uh, and I'm not on parlor but uh, yeah if you support the Hispanic conservative be. movement I should be if you support the Hispanic conservative movement also please uh, check out Republican National Hispanic Assembly New York and California chapters um, I'm here based out of New York and Anthony is the chair state chair of California and they're doing some awesome work out there
0: Right, guys, make sure you follow us on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlor at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, and make sure you visit our store at Empire State Conservative Network dot com for all of our blogs, shows, audio, and all our. Oh, look, there is my amazing hoodie and my amazing hat, and all of these things are available. And all the per- the profits go back into spreading the message in new york which we are still fighting this uphill battle we are not giving up regardless of what the outcome of this election ends up being we will be here in new york because cuomo was coming up for re-election and we want to put him down and fix this state so for that everyone be safe and don't let fear take your freedom